Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Today on Barbecue and Tech, we'll be talking about grilling burgers. And please put the spatula down and don't squeeze all the juice out of it. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Chris Ashley. What up, sir? What up, my brother? How you doing? I was, when I was saying put down the spatula, don't squeeze the burger, I was thinking back to your (laughs) early culinary days at a restaurant where... uh, you were cooking burgers. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. When, because uh, you know, uh, you know, people wonder, you know, how, how do you learn how to cook, right? And for me, my mom started the grind, having me in the kitchen, working with her for like, especially like the big meals, Thanksgiving, Christmas, just learning how to do stuff. So it started there. But I also uh, took culinary arts in high school. Uh, where where I would intern at different four and five star hotels and uh, other restaurants. And uh, we actually had a restaurant in the school. Uh, they called it the ramekin room. And a ramekin is just like a little dish that you use to put sides in or usually what you see your butter in. But they called it the ramekin room because we were the Rockville Rams. And uh, through that, we would open up once a week for lunch. And uh, one day... A uh, teacher came up to us and said, yeah, we can't open up once a week anymore. We can only do once a month. And there's a rule that says you cannot have another entity that causes the cafeteria to lose money. And we, what was happening is the days that we would open up, we would destroy their business to the point where they started complaining to the principal that we were hurting the money. We don't take. want competition. <laughs> <laughs> we were competition for the cafeteria because we were serving like chicken fingers and burgers. And of course I was in the class and stepping my game up. So I ended up being in charge of running the kitchen and you know, it, it, the line was insane for the three lunch periods. He would be out the classroom because we had an entire professional kitchen in the classroom. It was very unique and I was very fortunate uh, to be a part of that because we actually did catering. So the teacher was very passionate about catering and she had her own catering business, but she would find opportunities for the class to cater events. Let's get to the part about you and burgers. So long, <laughs> long story, story short, I spent mistakes. a lot of time, yeah, I spent a lot of time <laughs> learning how to cook and, and stuff. But of course, culturally, you, you will find that uh, many African Americans, 
especially when they're starting out in this burger world, everything is well done. Steaks, well done. Burgers, well done. Everything. That's how we grew up. It's how we were raised. It's just what, what we do. And uh, I remember I was working at a, a restaurant after after high school and uh, I was uh, just starting out. I started out in, as a busboy and got to work my way to the grill. The grill was my next stop. And uh, I was cooking a burger and, you know, they asked for it medium rare. Well, at the time, nothing exists but well done. <laughs> <laughs> There was no such thing as medium, medium rare, rare. Everything was well done. And so I'm surprised more burgers didn't come back. But uh, I remember one day I was cooking a burger, came in medium rare, and my boss walks in the door and he's like, what are you doing? As I was pressing all my might into the burger to push out every ounce of juice out of the burger to make sure it was thoroughly cooked on the inside, I was like, cooking a burger what do you mean he's like no you're killing that burger get off the grill (laughs) (laughs) and so what he did immediately because me and my other buddy were uh, working there together and we looked at each other's like what's the problem and he was like that is not how you cook a burger and he took that burger he threw it in the trash and he proceeded to grab another burger out and put it on the grill and he you know professionally cooked it turned it flipped it gave it the grill marks, took it off and cut it. And it was red on the inside, juices pouring out of it. And he was like, he cut it into three pieces and he was like, taste that burger. And I was like, it's not no, cooked. I'm it's not, not cooked. No way. <laughs> <laughs> trying to save me raw meat. <laughs> uh, my friend was like, what are you trying to kill us? No. And he was like, both of you eat this burger or you're fired right now. <laughs> And so we looked at each other like, fine. And we picked it up and we bit into it. And you could see this, this cloud being removed from our eyes instantaneously as we were chewing the juiciest burger we have ever had in our lives to that point. And we just looked at each other and was like, what are we eating right now? And he was like, that's how you cook a burger. Don't ever see ruining a burger again. And that's when I learned different nuances in cooking burgers that was a funny story it's like don't press the burger the juices out of the burger so so i i'd say i mean if anybody i mean if you're if you're barbecuing in in this case grilling burgers are probably like the classic thing that everyone does yeah and i i won't i won't say that everybody presses the the life out of a burger and you know overcooks everything and it's hard if i mean if you you're if you're doing a barbecue you're not you know, essentially having everybody come and say, I want it medium. I want it medium rare. I can tell you this much. Anybody who says they want well done, I just tell them to go to McDonald's and get a burger and then call it a day. I'm not, I, I refuse not cooking well done. If you want well done, bring your, bring your burnt up stuff with you. I don't cook that, but I, I will cook, I will cook medium. I will even on an occasion say, just let it rest a little longer and the overcook, you know, it'll, co- it'll over, it'll go over and you might get it to medium well. But, um, uh, the word well in, in cooking is, uh, I actually take a different approach. I'll cook it properly. And then if I'm at my house and I was like, Oh, I, I like my burgers a little, you know, a little well, more well done. I'm like, there's the microwave. <laughs> it's like, you want to destroy what I created for you? You go right ahead, but I will not be a part of this. <laughs> so go ahead. There's a microwave or if I'm at, uh, I've I've been at tailgates, uh, and I was like, "There's the grill. Just throw it back on and destroy it if you want." But I'm not doing it. All right. So 
when you first start, obviously most people are just going to the store. They're buying well, hopefully they're just buying ground uh burger meat. Eighty twenty is typically what you want to do for burgers. Don't let anybody else tell you that you need to go super lean on your burgers. You actually want and, that extra fat. Yeah, of course. Fat is flavor, folks, in everything we do. So uh just just get that in your head now. Yeah, yeah. they make these ninety ten uh grinds and I'm just like, who wants to buy that? Get eighty twenty and you'll be just fine. At least from a starting point. So you go to the store and I remember, and I hate to disparage my mother-in-law on the show, but um, early, early on when I was dating with my wife, um, they were having, you know, coming over and there's always, there's things that you like, who could mess up a burger? Well, I know that you could in your past, but, uh, <laughs> but we, we went over to have burgers and it was pretty much burger formed patties that they got when they bought them directly from um, like, you know, like you go to Costco or something where you go to a grocery store where they preform the burger patties for you. Okay. You can still make a burger out of that. And then I watched it come out of the package and onto the grill. I'm like, hell the seasoning's at. And then proceeded to put it on a burger bun. And I'm like, <laughs> there's a few steps missing there. <laughs> There's something missing, and and the and the the worst was the the grill wasn't scorching hot, so there's like these failures all along the way, and then the worst is oh you want cheese, it's in the package, and you're like, all right, so uh, I know that you and I have worked like you, we you and I have done burgers many times together, and mm-hmm. we like to start with our own grind, but let's I'll let you take us back to the like when you're trying to make the best burger like where do you where do you start and how do you get there because i know that you've gone to a flat iron yeah uh, griddle griddle sorry thank you for your burgers but let, yeah, yeah. let's uh all right so let's just kind of and the goal of this episode is uh essentially to to address the other barbecue right because in the beginning we made it pretty clear that there is a distinction between a barbecue and a cookout but we're not going to pretend like i'm not if i say hey let's have a barbecue that there won't be burgers and you know, hot dogs and all those, all those other things there. And so, yeah, so let's, let's, let's address probably the centerpiece of the grill is the burger. Um, so the very first thing that I'm doing is I'm getting that 80 20 mix of ground beef and then I take it home. And what I used to do is I would pre season the ground beef and then form the patties. And I stopped doing that. Sorry, I want to make sure I'm getting the nuance here. What you're saying is you take the the meat, dump it into a bowl, shake your seasoning in it, mix mm-hmm. it around a little bit, and then form your patty. So the seasoning is kind of mixed inside the meat. Yeah, I stopped okay. doing that. And I, I think that's probably a natural evolution. As you begin to appreciate the actual flavor of the beef, you want to do less to distort it. But... Would I still do it every once in a while? Sure. Why not? It, you make a great burger if you season it. And I, I would tell people to keep your seasoning uh, relatively simple. If you want to do something like we used to do back in the day, go get you one of those onion soup Lipton packets and just dump that in your burgers. It makes a fantastic burger. Uh, that's one I learned from Rob's, Rod's people's uh, using those Lipton packets. But uh, for me, a uh, little bit of salt and pepper, a little paprika, never going to hurt. Uh, a, a nice uh, a burger, but nowadays uh, I keep it strip simple. Most of the times, it's just a good ground uh, kosher salt and some good ground black pepper. 
not much else past that. So we formed those uh, burger patties. Now the nuance in the forming the burger patties is what I used to do is I would take, I got giant hands and I would take, scoop out this beef and just make these patties with my hands and press out the, put, put my thumb in the middle, which helps it not collapse on itself. And it actually does work. It also doesn't, it doesn't, because you, when you press the, your thumb in the middle, or sometimes some people like to throw it in the freezer right before they go in. So it chills up just a little bit. You don't get like the football shaped burger where yeah. you go to the party and like the burger, you know, looks like it's 18 inches in the middle. Yeah. So if you're one of those ones that make these burgers, you're like, man, why does the thing always look like a hockey puck in the end? Just take your thumb when you make your patty, press it in the middle and it'll actually maintain shape. But now what I do is I actually bought a burger press. And the day I bought the burger press and used it for the first time, I wanted to run my head into a wall because I couldn't believe that I wasn't using this thing before on a regular basis. It is so easy and it just makes perfect burgers every single time. Um, and essentially what you do is you take a, a ball of meat, uh, your ground beef, you put it in the press, you get a sheet of uh, burger wax paper, put it on the top, put it on the bottom. Close the press down, almost like a waffle iron. Then it has like a little plunger that, that pushes it into place. And then that's it. And it makes you a perfect patty every time right on top of the paper. So you know what I like most about the burger press? Um, well, there's two things. One, I, I like to use a scale with mine so that I can measure out. If I know that I want six ounce or eight ounce burgers, I can pre-measure yeah. the meat and you get that perfect burger. But I think the other piece is when you're making it in your hand – You'll have some burgers that are size A, some burgers that are size B, some burgers that are size C, some burgers yeah. that perfectly fill the bun, in other words, some that almost f- fill the bun, and some that are like, where's the beef? Um, because they're just too small, and the press gives you that consistent it, – it always, it's perfectly on the burger bun. Like, it and always fills it perfectly. That's a great point, because the reality is consistency is important if you're doing a barbecue – you don't want to be putting a burger on and you're like, I cooked all these at the same time, but five of them came out differently, right? You, you, you know, we, one of the goals we're striving for in this backyard barbecue is to step our game up. So people want to go to your house for the barbecue, not someone else's house. And so when you have that consistency, then you can expect pretty much each burger is going to come out the same as good as the one before it. So those are the basic parts of setting up the burger patty. Now let's talk about setting up the grill. I think the biggest mistake that I made in the past and a lot of people make is you, and it's understandable, right? You see in the movies, they do it all the time. You see your your father probably did it. They went and turned on the grill. They cranked up every burner or they put the spread, the charcoal out across the, the bottom of the grill, lit it and walked away until that thing was piping hot. Pretty standard. When in actuality, you really should have zones on your grill. So whether it be turning up the left side of the grill all the way up and then the right side a bit lower so that you can get a nice sear on one side. But if you need that burger to cook a little bit longer for like a medium, you can move it over and not burn it and not dry it out. You can get that longer cook without destroying the burger. Right. And then uh, or if you needed to keep it warm, you can put it on the far right where it's warmer and you can keep it warm without destroying the burger. But having the whole thing hot, you know, 500, 600 degrees all the way across, you don't really get that nuance and that ability to really work your grill. So I think that's the first thing to, to, to learn is to create different zones on your grill 
so that you can really control the cook of your burger. The next thing is what Rod mentioned and I mentioned, please don't try to cook a burger on a warm grill. That makes no sense. The beauty of a burger is having that charring on the outside of it. That char seals it, keeps the juices in, but it also adds a distinct flavor to your burger. And you just can't achieve that if your grill is is cold. So you definitely want to step up your grill and make sure that thing is nice and hot. And uh, if you're worried about burning yourself, just get a longer spatula. You know what I mean? That way you don't have to reach over the grill and, and, you know, burn yourself at all. If, if that's what your concern is, but uh, definitely you want to step up and uh, get that grill nice and hot. And it doesn't matter. You know, there's a probably the still longest going misconception is that charcoal grill burgers taste different than or better than uh, grills, uh, gas grill burgers. And the reality is what creates that flavor in your burger is not the charcoal or the gas on the grill. It's this fat that hits the heat, burns, create a smoke, and that comes back up into the burger. That's where the flavor starts to come from. It's not it has nothing to do with the charcoal. It was years ago, I read an article, and it, um, I love a, a magazine called Fine Cooking. Um, oddly enough, but they did an ep- they did an edition on burgers. I, actually, I'll find it and put a link in the uh, show notes. But it was mainly talking about grilling steaks, though. And because you always struggle with like, how hot should I get the heat? How hot should I get the heat? And they gave the perfect description on how hot to get the heat. And really what they went for is, um, you know, if you're trying to judge, uh, how hot is too hot, they, or how hot the heat should be, they said, you know, once your flames and all that subside, you should be able to take your hand, put it a couple inches above the surface of your grill grate for one second before you have to pull it away because it's just, it's just too hot you're hot enough. Like that's how, I mean, you want it scorching. And if like, I mean, when you do it on your, um, your flat iron, you're, you essentially want to put a little, you want to put a little oil on it and you want to see it, that oil start to clip over and start to smoke. Um, and that kind of gives you the indication like this, this thing is, it's piping hot because the moment I put that down, I want to create that crust on one side. Because mm-hmm. I mean, all the season I put in there, I want that you know I want to get that nice snap through crust that you get on the one side of the burger, and then as we both know, I'm going to flip that thing one time and one time only to create that crust on the other side. Yeah, another mistake people make: flip, 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 flip. What are you doing? Just stop doing that. There's no reason to do that. Cook one side, flip it over, cook the other, and you're done. And a little trick that you can do to to kind of determine how cooked the burger is, is if you actually watch the juices that are coming out of the burger, the clearer it is, the more cooked it is on the inside. And that's a little trick I learned a long time ago. So when you put that mm-hmm. burger down and then you flip it to the other side, if you look at the juices, they'll, you know, they'll come out red and that means there's still some pink in the middle. But as it starts to clear up, it then is less pink in the middle and more done. And so you can kind of put your spatula on the one side, tip it to clear out to see what's coming out of it. And that's just a little tip that I can give you to to help. Because one of the things you should take away from our podcast is a lot of cooking is definitely going to be your visuals, your what you see, what you feel. Uh, just like Rod described, putting your hand over the grill for a second. You're like, oh, yep, that's good. You know what I mean? Uh, or 
when you we talked about grabbing some ribs and seeing how they bend and watching what they feel like. And then when you're biting into it, you like you associate this feeling, this bending, this this uh, texture uh, gave me this when I ate it. I like something more. I like something less. And so you want that's the type of things you need to do. If I press on the middle of the burger gently with my finger, what is the firmness of that burger? Okay, now let me cut it or let me bite into it and associate what that firmness is to what the consistency was or how well it was cooked on the inside. And of course, by all means, you can definitely use a a thermometer uh, to help get you that perfect temperature, especially on a steak, you know, whether you want to be around that 130, 135 mark for medium, higher for well done, lower for more on the rare side. Though all these are valid ways, but it's kind of sometimes it's kind of hard to let me just stick a thermometer in every piece of burger that's on the grill uh, as opposed to using your visuals and uh, and using your 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 feelings to kind of just see what each one feels like. You scooped up the uh, the meter thermometers um, recently. Yeah. Do you ever, because I know some people when they're, I, at least I, I don't, I've never, I've never tried to probe a burger myself personally, but would you ever try to probe a burger? Cause it's, I know that you, that there's always a trick hand test where you take your thumb, put it here. This is well done. We don't cook that. Move it over here. This is uh medium, medium rare, rare. Yeah. So just the different uh, positions on your thumb when you kind of cross your thumb in the middle of your hand represents the doneness um but uh i wouldn't i wouldn't constantly probe a burger I, I don't see value in that what i would do is more just use one of my my pocket thermometer the digital thermometer we talked about last week the oxo and i would just stick it in one or two and see what the temperature is especially if i'm making larger burgers and i want them to come out of you know to make sure they're perfect uh each one then i could see myself uh, using a thermometer but for the most part i've gotten far enough in the game where I can again look at the juices, get a feel for it, or just the timing of, of the burger, and just go from there. Before we get into grinding the meat, because I know that while we say you start with eighty twenty, and that's probably where many people want to just they say, "All right, good, look good. I got my good cut." Do you toast your buns? I am a big on toasting the buns. Uh, I don't use a toaster. I can, but uh, for me, I like to take some good uh, butter butter the underside of a bun and then drop that on the grill or especially on my griddle that I, that, uh, that I use and letting it create a nice little toasting of the bun that I'm using where it could even be bread, you know, but I, I, I do like to toast the bun and before yeah, I go. I, yeah. It's, it's not mandatory. There's nothing worse than getting a burger and the, the bun is soggy because, it's a great burger, great juice, but it's just, it's, you know, it soaks in and it also gives you something to build on top of because you toast the bun properly and you can do it on your gas grill. You could take the burger, yep. put them down, let them sit, yep. toast them nice up. Works just um, fine. Let me ask you a question before we get into this other stuff too. What is the best burger you've ever had and the best burger you've ever eaten? Like, I'm sorry, you've ever made, excuse me, the best burger you've ever had that you went somewhere and had it, and then the best burger you've ever made. So, the, so funny enough, the best I've ever had, there was a restaurant that um, we grew up near. So if you think about the uh, the downtown area in Rockville where the courthouses are, 
there's a restaurant called Fatty's. Yes, I remember them. They had a ridiculously good burger. Now they've long since been out of business, but I, it's one of the restaurants that like stick in my head from over the years of just making just amazing burgers. And if I had to think, I mean, I did a restaurant in New York. I can't remember what it was called though. And they did this black truffle burger. I mean, that thing was out of this world. Good. Mm. I just can't remember the name of the restaurant. So fatties would be probably the one that jumps in my mind because I remember the restaurant name. I I mean, I can remember even where the restaurant was located. I can remember frequenting the restaurants over the years. Um, Probably the best I made was as we start getting into grinding your own meat was when you and I got uh, together and we uh, did the uh, the brisket chuck blend on burgers, which I guess we'll talk about here in just a second. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What about you? So for me, and it's unfortunate because I, the best burger that I went out and got out of all the restaurants I've been to, and I can't remember the name of the restaurant because we had a meeting in New York. And we walked to some restaurant around the corner and they proceeded to bring out this third pound pat, patty burger. And I was weeping at how good this burger was. It was outstanding. And I'll never remember the name. I don't even remember the customer went to see, <laughs> but uh, it was so long ago. But I just that burger has always been something for me in my mind to aspire to. The juiciness, the seasoning, the bun. Just fantastic uh, a burger. Now, by far to date, and I've made a ton of burgers. I've done a lot of tailgates and barbecue cookouts. And by far, probably my best burger that I've ever made was the mac and cheese stuffed burger. I, I have yet to top that one. And to the point where I've never made it again. And when you say mac and cheese stuff, are you saying you put mac and cheese in the middle of the meat or was mac and cheese over top the meat? So uh, kind of both. Um, What I did was I took a burger patty. I think I did about a five ounce or six ounce uh, burger. And what I, I took a cup and I pressed into the ball to and then remove the cup. So it almost looked like a bowl. It looked like a, a burger bowl. And then I took that burger and I grilled it real quick on the grill. And then I stuffed, I scooped out macaroni and cheese and put it inside of that bowl. And then I stuck it in the smoker. And then I put uh, cheese over top of it and took it out. Let Once that cheese melted, took it out. And the the smoke flavor, the macaroni, I did a jalapeno mac and cheese, and then the the ground beef for the burger. That combination on a bun, I have, I think I have a picture of it on my Instagram. Outstanding. I, I, said, I saw it on YouTube and I just said, let me recreate it. But I wanted to put my own spin on it. So I added the smoker bit to it. Now, you've never done the Krispy Kreme burger because I know that was a... <laughs> <laughs> that is something that's on my radar. Uh, you know, I got to lose some more weight before I attempt that one. But it's probably one that I could see myself making, where they use a crisp. They use Krispy Kreme donuts as the bun. Uh, that's another one that I, I want. I've never had it, and I don't want to go anywhere and get it. I just want to make it on my own. But that uh, that macaroni and cheese uh, burger, it was outstanding, absolutely phenomenal. So I know, I know, like. 
my my boys, they are big burger fans. So like when we make the burgers, they will, and they've done it with you, burnt ends on burgers. Yeah. So uh, brisket on burgers. All of those are honorable on mentions. Yeah. I've done, uh, I've made pulled pork and put it on a burger. Outstanding. Uh, the brisket burger is a close second to the macaroni and cheese where I've smoked a brisket for 16 hours, made the burgers and then sliced the brisket and draped it over top of the burger like bacon. And your kids love that combination. Yeah, they did like that a lot. Yeah, you know an interesting one. I now that I think about it, I saw one uh, something on Instagram, and it was mainly when they wanted bacon burger, like they wanted a ba- like a bacon burger. So the mm-hmm. boys just wanted a burger with bacon on it. Where you um you take bacon and you you essentially weave it like you're doing like a pie crust. So it's over under over under over mm-hmm. under, and you you get like you're making a la- almost like lattice. So you're going mm-hmm. like maybe like three a- pieces of bacon wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, three piece of bacon long. So you create and you cook that. So you get like this perfect bacon piece that will just fit over. But I usually will take those and use like, um, a, like a, like a cookie cutter type thing. So you mm-hmm. cut it into a good circle after oh, yeah. I get it lattice, cook those up. So you oversize them. So they, they fit on the bun and then you get perfect. Like you cannot possibly bite this burger without biting into bacon. And they love that as well. Like it's because it's, it's typically you're, you cook a piece of bacon, you get like two pieces of bacon, you try to put it on the burger, but you're always going to get a bite without bacon on it. So um, yeah. that's probably another thing my, at least my boys love when uh, we're doing burgers. Yeah. There's one that I want to try where they've actually put ground bacon inside of the ground beef. Now, of course, that requires you to fully cook the burger. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But it, it looks like it tasted really good. So I, I've done it with cooked bacon. Try. I've done it where like I I have cooked bacon and put it in inside uh, ah, before. Okay, that, that worked out fine. And I don't um, think I've ever had a bad burger. So yeah, regardless, have, have, <laughs> have, do you ever brush your burgers with like um like a jalapeno mayo or not mayo um butter or something like that? Like to add a little a little bit more of a layer flavor to it. Uh, every once in a while, I'll do burgers in the house in a skillet. And there, I will actually prepare the skillet with uh, butter. And then cook the burgers in the butter. I've also used uh, ghee, which is uh, yep. clar- clarified butter. Clarified butter, yeah. Yeah, I've used that. And I've even used ghee on the griddle as well. Uh, and just, I, you know, just any, obviously, anytime you add fat to something, it's, it's going to taste good. All right. So we decided to depart from 80, I uh, wouldn't say to fully depart from 80 20, but departed and decided to do a different mixture for burgers, which yeah. is. Um, half and Make half between brisket and chuck. Yeah, this is something that uh, a path that I wanted have been wanting to take for a long time, and uh, which is to make my own beef. Uh, and it it actually started from when we went to that restaurant in New York. And what I realized is that they had ground their own mix. And so the one of the things that had held me off from doing it was trying to figure out what was the ideal mix because I've seen people use short rib. I've seen people. Uh, you mostly it's it's chuck, right? That's what burgers are. Basically, is a is a ground chuck. And then I've seen people adding in brisket, and I just didn't know what the ratios to be. And finally, I just said, "Forget it, man. Just come up with your own ratio. Start basic, and go with a fifty fifty. And so what I've did was uh, we went and bought a brisket, and I bought some ground chuck, and I bought equal parts. I bought eight pounds of brisket and eight pounds of chuck, and. Uh, the next step was to figure out how are we going to grind this thing up? And so what I 
started do researching different grinders and there's a ton. Um, and I knew I didn't want to go with a hand grinder. I had no desire to be spinning some arm, some mechanical arm to grind beef. It just didn't appeal to me whatsoever. So I wanted to find something that was, uh, not too expensive and, uh, but I didn't want it to break either. And I found the Gourmia meat grinder on Amazon. And I think it was like $55 right now on Amazon. And I had actually seen some positive reviews about it too. So I said, it's the perfect machine to give it a shot. And I have not regretted it one bit. Uh, and yeah. I, th- I think the nice thing about it. So typically, you know, and Chris and I now we'll get together and we'll just, we make it a friend project when we're going to grind burgers. So we might go get 20 pounds of uh brisket, 20 pounds of chuck or 20 pounds of chuck or 15 and 15. And then we will get together. He'll trim the brisket We'll cut it into like smaller cube pieces so it can go through the grinder. Then we take it and throw it in the the freezer so they get a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, so so one of the things that happens and a nuance that people should definitely pay attention to is when you get a meat grinder, uh, the biggest thing that you need to do is to keep the parts cold. So anytime that we're going to get together to grind our own beef, all the grinding mechanisms, anything that the meat touches, I actually put into a freezer about an hour before we actually grind the meat because you want that to stay cold because as it's grinding and working and working, everything starts to get warm. You don't want to invite bacteria, but more importantly, it gets gummy and will gum up the system. And so not only will I freeze the uh, grinding parts, but I'll also put the, uh, we'll cut the, We'll cut the uh, chuck and we'll cut the brisket into cubes and then uh, put that in the freezer as well. We get these large cookie trays or cooking sheets and just lay them out on there and stick them in uh, both my freezers and uh, let those get pretty hard. Not not frozen, but pretty hard before we start grinding them. And it works out well because, you know, if some people might be listening saying, dude, I don't have that much freezer space for that cut, that amount of meat. But we're, when we're slicing it up, I mean, you can just say you can do it in batches. So you're saying, look, we're going to get the brisket through first, grind all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And once we grind the brisket and it's it's ground up, then we can switch over to doing the chuck, grind all that up. Then we essentially start taking a handful of briskets and chuck and rerunning it back through the grinder to get the meats fully blended. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a important part in the process as well. So we take out uh, the meat, and what we do is we work together. So Rod will hand I'll I'll run the grinder. Rod will pass the meat. Uh, he may be still cutting some up to go into the freezer for the next batch, but uh, and then he'll also help regulate the the grind that's coming out. So the gourmet comes with multiple uh, different grind settings or little attachments so you can determine how thick or how thin. I think I settled on the uh, the smaller attachment for the grind. And uh, so Rod will help kind of guide that grind as it's coming out of the grinder into the bowl. And then as it folds, and that way I can concentrate on using the plunger to make sure I'm pushing the meat into the grinder and make sure that I'm moving the meat in you know, along the plate as possible. So we've gotten really efficient at it. And it's kind of fun because we sit there and chit chat while we do it. But we definitely have learned to run it twice. One, it really makes the burgers a lot more consistent. And two, it really allows you to mix up the two different cuts 
much better. Yeah, and I, w- I will say, like, once, you, once you're done, I mean, obviously, it's hard to have all that meat. So you're, like, talking – for us, it's, like, 30 to 40 pounds of meat. And it's, all right, here's your part. Here's our part. One has to go on the the – the cast iron, like right away, like usually before we're done, Chris is already fired up because uh, <laughs> uh, he's got to got to try out the product. And I will say, while it seems like man, that's a lot of work, but we grind up forty pounds of meat, and then that lasts for a while. And then the nice yeah. thing is, I'll even take that back home, and if I'm going to wind up, you know, leaving some ready and some frozen, I will then go to the press. And press all my patties out. And, um, the, the, uh, I guess it's like the paper that they give you. Like I'm just sandwiching between the papers and then just freezing them. And we, when we went on vacation, we pre-ground meat and I, those were the burgers we took with us on, on our vacation. And it was great because they're already pressed, already in the patties, already with us. And all I had to do is pull them out, season, go. And then on top of that, you know, the simplicity of doing it, it just takes time, but the flavor. Oh my. It's, yeah. It's off the charts. You will not go to any store and buy ground beef that will even be in the stratosphere of, of if you just go to your local butcher or and and just grab some uh, brisket and some chuck and grind it yourself and mix it. And you don't have to do a lot. You don't have to be like rod nine and do so much. You know, most butchers will cut what you need. So if you say, hey, I just need eight pounds or four pounds of brisket and four pounds of chuck, they'll do it for you. And a lot of times uh, our butcher, at least. They have some that's pre-done, but they don't normally, I like that 50, I've really settled on that 50-50 mix between brisket and chuck. Um, theirs might be just straight chuck or maybe they have some other stuff, but I've, to keep it simple and consistent, I've, uh, I, I've settled on that 50-50. Now we do trim off some of the, like the really bad fat off the brisket. Obviously like that nasty hard yeah. stuff. Yeah. That deco will trim off. And a lot of times we will you because the chuck has a ton of fat in it and the brisket has a you know that fat cap that sits on top. So between the two, we're pretty comfortable just using the flat of the brisket. And sometimes we would use the flat and the point. It it just depends. It uh and if we know that we want to make burn in burgers, we'll cut the point the uh, point off of one and then uh, use the brisket, the rest of the brisket with a point. We'll use a full brisket and a flat and then grind that up with the chuck and mix it all together. Yeah. And the nice thing is if you're if you're only using the point, for example, from the brisket, now you got some brisket to cook and some burgers and you can make your brisket burgers all in combo. I know you like salt pepper on yours. I, I will do either salt pepper or I will do an AP. Like I'm, again, Killer Hogs, their AP is just, again, it's lazy, easy, good. Nice light sprinkle because I mean, and we have no affiliation with them. We just a fan of the of the seasoning. It's funny. We were we were hanging out with one of our buddies recently, and I know we're going to wrap this show up soon. But I'm a big fan of, and I know you've been doing it for years. Chris is taking any seasoning, dropping a little bit in my hand, and tasting it, and trying to get like, all right, heavy salt profile um, or a very sweet profile. Just trying to figure out what I what it is I like about the season because ultimately, whatever I'm seasoning my meat with, I want to know exactly what it is going on there and yep. what I like about it, or what I don't like. Yeah, especially you know, just that. And then if you're like me and you like to layer different seasonings and different rubs, you want to make sure you don't over salt, uh, whatever you're doing. So if one is like heavy salt, then you know, probably using the other one is going to put it over the edge for you. So yeah, definitely. Um, 
you you want to taste your your seasonings and your rubs that you buy so you get a good understanding for it but uh the other thing is uh is once you create those patties and um press them out oh quick tip when you're cutting up the brisket to put in a freezer if you cut a piece and you run into some stringy um or something that just doesn't cut well cut it out because if it doesn't cut well with your knife, it's definitely not going to grind well in the grinder. So, you know, as you go through and you will, you come across like some silver skin that is just a little bit tinselly, has a little bit more tinsel than, you know, everything else. Cut that stuff off. You know, there's no reason to grind that up and assume that it's just going to be okay once you grind it. Cut it off and cut it out. But uh, definitely when you cook it and in another episode, we'll talk about griddles uh i'm extremely happy with my griddle but i have no problem throwing it right in the skillet or if i had a if i still had a uh a a regular gas flame grill throwing it on there um it comes out the same no matter what but i know you got one of those um i guess it's almost like a pot cover before your griddle that once you're done with your burger you can either like drop a dime sized bit of water inside of there cover it up so you can properly Fully melt where the cheese is like ready to flow off the side. Are you a one or two piece of cheese guy on a burger? I'm a one. Um, I like cheese on my burgers, um, but I don't like it overly done unless that's the, I just have a craving for it, but I don't. I, and uh, another thing I like to do is uh, I've taken the cheese and I've put it directly on the grill and kind of fried it a little bit and then scooped it off the grill and put it on the burger. So timing's critical there. Yeah. Timing. It takes a little practice too, but um, it's another thing that I've tried and I actually enjoy. But what I don't like is when I see hard cheese, cold cheese sitting on a burger and people just expect it to magically melt. You know what I mean? I, I I don't understand that is uh, yeah. Put the one, when the burgers is almost done, you know, don't wait. You can, I, I'm, what's acceptable to me is if you take the, the bun off the grill, cause you just, you just toasted it and you put a cheese, please a piece of cheese directly on the bun as soon as it comes off. And then you literally take the hot burger and put it on the cheese that will melt the cheese sufficiently. But what I prefer is that you put the cheese on the grill at the final seconds, let it melt uh, or start to melt on the grill and then take it off. Um, yeah, it, it, my favorite time to put the cheese on is after is probably like a minute or two after I flipped it. Yeah, because that top it. is still very hot. You still have the rest of the heat coming down, uh, and it's easier on a griddle. I can uh, a regular grill. I can understand you know some cleanup nuances, but on a griddle, it ain't nothing to just scrape it and push it off. So uh, anything that hits the grill. Yeah, and I like I like the cheese to be just at the point where it's I say it's starting to cry or starting to ready to start to drip off because it, then it's like I know I got it perfect pulling it off putting it on the burger bun and and away you go. So and what yeah, type of I, cheese do you like? Um, so I can go either cheddar or American, but I can oh. also get like a Colby Jack in there. I can do the yeah, I think Colby is probably the one. I'll do a pepper every once in a while. Yeah, I can do all of those, but my absolute favorite is Swiss cheese. I. I I adore, I love, my favorite burger is a mushroom onion burger. And, uh, you don't make that without having some good Swiss cheese on it. 
but I've done like uh, brie cheeseburgers, which are phenomenal. What, uh, all right. So we're going to, I know the pick is for today is going to be the grinder and like the papers that go with the grinder. And I, I, I also and put in the show notes the tip, but um, before we wrap up, ketchup, mustard, what type of uh, condiments are you, are acceptable for you on a burger? Uh, none. Uh, for me, I don't want to see any ketchup, mustard anywhere near my burgers. And I don't, I remember when I had my, my uh, family up and I made a bunch of burgers and uh, my nephew was like, Hey, where's the ketchup? And I looked at him and I was like, there's no ketchup in this house, boy. He was like, but I said, no, buts. my burgers are juicy enough. You don't need ketchup, mustard, nothing. And I remember him just like looking bewildered. Like, why is my uncle such a mean jerk? And he bit into the burger and the juices hit him in the face and rolled down his chin and hit his shirt. And I looked at him and I was just like, that's why. And then he just, he just from, from down on out, he was like, I see what you're saying. I, I've never had a burger like this. You know, and it's, it just wasn't something he was used to. Now, if I do a large cookout, yes, I will provide ketchup and mustard. Um, and there, I, there is a place for ketchup, mustard and condiments on a burger. I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I've done chipotle mayo, um, obviously ketchup, mustard, mayo, um, pickles, toppings, whatever. I've done it all, you know, and I, I do enjoy them all. But if, if I'm saying, okay, I have a craving for a burger and I really want a good one, it's not going to have any of that stuff on it. It'll have mushrooms, onions, Swiss cheese, bun. Uh, and I can go, I'm not a snob when it comes to buns. I can go brioche bun. I can go Kaiser roll or I can go potato roll. I love them all. I love them all. Yeah. I just want the, I want for me, it's the burger bun has to be soft. Um, lettuce, tomato, you're good. Even some caramelized grilled onions. If you're willing to go the extra step to put the onions on the grill and go from there. But yeah, any, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all good stuff. All right, man. It's been yet another good one. And I know we ran a little bit further over than we wanted to, but burgers are always a fun one to talk it's about. It's a fun topic. And we'll definitely uh, address it again and have some other perspectives and some other we cool sh- things. We should include some photos of uh, burgers we've made inside the show notes for everybody to take a peek at. Definitely, I'm going to find the one of uh, of the brisket burgers that we've done. And yeah. I don't know if you have your mac and cheese one, but those would be fun ones to include. I definitely have the mac and cheese one and I'll actually put that on the inst because the, the Instagram is up now for uh barbecue and tech. Uh, so I'll definitely put it out there as well. And we'll put in the show notes, a link for the barbecue and tech Instagram. Uh, so if you want to follow and see us posting fun food that we grow all over time, uh, you can just jump in there and get that. But uh, until next week. Yeah, we out and uh, we'll definitely get to the point. Uh, I know we mentioned the meter. I, I will definitely have some opinions on that. Uh, when the time comes. So folks, we appreciate you listening. Keep sending us feedback. Keep giving, showing us your, your, your grill and your food. We'd love it, man. We'll catch you all on the next episode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 